Episode 10 of From Long COVID to Bustleton Ironman. I am your host, Bo Jones. As always, that means it's been 10 weeks down the drain, 10 weeks of training, 10 weeks of uh, anxiety, 10 weeks of, you know, getting my head around what is yet another Ironman. I uh, participated last year in Ironman Australia's event up at Port Macquarie and Bustleton will be my second official Ironman and my third time over that distance. I did one three years ago during COVID here in Sydney and yeah, I'm excited to be looking down the barrel of number three, but officially number two. Now, this week, um, this podcast is coming to you on a Monday morning. Uh, I'm recording it. This is my day off, or was going to be a day off training. The volume, training volume has gone up, and it was, um, yeah, it was been, it's been a huge weekend on the pins. But mostly, the weekend's learnings about training and racing and, and going deep are being brought to you once again by Will Bigelow. So if you're watching the show or listening to the show, you will know Will from Sydney Marathon. I partnered up with him to run the Mara, and this ultra was the next step in his journey to go big for 48 hours for Bodlet later in the year. Now, Will doesn't come from a strong running background. I think I've spoke about this in the marathon episodes. Just a bloke that wants to go deep and to see how far you know his legs can take him. And Saturday was absolutely remarkable to see him go to go deep and to be front row and. I've been front row through Bodlet to watch other athletes send it and go deep into the hurt locker and you know really push themselves to you know some amazing personal best. I've seen Reese Corbishley go sub ten in uh, Port Macquarie numerous times. Every Ironman he's done at Kona, I've seen him melt at Kona and still perform. Uh, Ironman athletes up at Cairns this year, up at Port Macquarie. Um, it's you know I I really enjoy being sidelined for watching other humans dig deep and this one was one of the most I think special ones where when you're on the sideline you're kind of watching whereas I was able to participate and run support lines for Big Z on Saturday and to be that close to somebody as they're going through the motions of their body literally shutting down was was moving it was um it was surreal it was one of those things that I got picked up at 4am on Saturday morning and he had already been nervously crapping himself and almost to the point of vomiting with anticipation for how big this ultra was going to be. And, you know, it's a big step up from running a marathon to running an ultra. That's legitimately double the distance and the coastal walk between Manly and Bondi is probably some of the most brutal running tracks you could have picked. They couldn't have picked a worse course, I don't think. Between the ups and the downs and the the weaving of, you know, pedestrians and traffic and, yeah, it was... It was surreal that run course. So before I even started, it was it was very overwhelming and it was unreal. I had my long run. I swapped my training day, so I had my long run on Saturday morning to see him off. And he started, and I went for my two hour run, and I caught up with him again at Rose Bay. And the wheels were starting to fall off at Rose Bay, which was twenty k's into the run. Um, again, stomach issues. Never got on top of him from the start of the race. Stomach issues, which made nutrition hard. Continued around, pushing through. Same thing, never knew, always knew it was going to be hard. Caught up with him again on the north side of the bridge and that was when the the emotion was starting to come out from behind the big red glasses he had on. He, his uh, body was hurting, he's, like, everything was aching. He'd um, kind of separated from the pack a little bit in regards to, to where he was in the field. So when I saw him at Watson's Bay, the, it was kind of compressed. Everybody was still... You know, really close together. The relay teams were close together with the, the yellow bib participants. And then by the time we got over to the north side of the bridge, the athletes were spread out a couple hundred metres, you know, 400 metres between. So that was kind of, I don't know, must be playing mind games at 
you know, you're out of touch a little bit with a, a few other runners, but he was still chugging through. And yeah, I actually got really worried at that point because that point was only, you know, 35 Ks in. I was like, there's still so much more to go. And, you know, he's obviously had blisters all over his feet. He was still moving forward, still grinding um, and going for it. So, you know, that's that's a little synopsis of the first third. And the next two thirds just got more brutal. So I ran, ran Duke home, had Juki with me, ran Duke home and, and kind of wanted to be more sideline with him as he went through around Mossman and those areas, caught up with him going up another steep hill, got some beef jerky into him. He, the protein was doing the trick. Um, so yeah, he had a couple of protein bars and the jerky. And at that stage, it's one of those things. It's whatever you can get down. And if you can convince yourself that something's working that, you know, you didn't have planned, so be it. So Got some jerky into him, and then Klontoff become a real. He come into Klontoff, and that was when the math started of, you know, his hips, his knees, and his ankles were hurting, and he couldn't get himself back into a run. He was doing the shuffle at this stage, and it was, okay, mate, we've got a couple of hours to get to East Manly, otherwise they're not going to let you at the last checkpoint and go around North Head. And yeah, that was uh, he had to dig deep and really find something that I didn't know he had in him. I've been playing rugby with him for years and run with him you know, for the last couple of months. And I, I didn't know what he had left in the tank. He, he looked like he's pretty, he was running on empty at the north side of the bridge. So by the time he got to Clontarth, just on the other side of the spit bridge, I didn't know. I kind of left him and I didn't know where, I didn't know, I had to drive around and park at Fairlight. So there was a whole headland there that there was a lot of in between where I didn't know what was going to happen and if how he was going to pull through that that headland on his, um, on his Pat Malone. So I was nervously driving to Manly, not knowing what to expect at the other end. The next time I caught up with him, and it was one of those cool things. I got a park in Manly, um, started walking back towards Fairlight and on the event tracker, the event tracker does an amazing job, but it's also a predicted pace. So, to, you know, it'll move ahead. If the athlete stops, it still continues to move ahead and then it'll wait at the checkpoint. So, yeah, it was kind of hard to figure out where he was. So I was walking backwards and luckily Reedy, another lifeguard, Matt he's and friend of Bodlet was with him. I rang him and said, I messaged him and said, hey, mate, is he what's going on he's like he's still good he's moving where the other side of fairlight so caught up with him and this is one of those really cool things about support and and when you need it and how you need it deliverable it's just a cool little insight uh into how people can use motivation and inspiration so i'm quite positive in my self-talk i thoroughly you know i, I pump my own tires up i'm you know i like to celebrate what i've done and how far i've come and you know really focus on the positives and that gets me moving you know it gets gets, gets me up Bigelow's the opposite to the point where he like bullies himself. Like he loves negative. The more negative you can make your encouragement and the harsher you can get to him with what he's saying, the more it fires him up. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bondi Rescue and familiar with Reedy. Reedy's like a ADHD monkey on cocaine. The kid, the, the bloke's energy levels are through the roof. You'd swear he's just finished three litres of coffee. Like, he's bouncing, and he's in Bigelow's ear hard. Like, let's go, let's go. And I was, I couldn't, I for life of me, couldn't figure out the math on what pace he needed to be running to get to East Manly in time. Reddy had figured out that he had to do the rest of the race at eight-minute Ks. Now, eight-minute Ks, if you're listening to eight-minute Ks, eight-minute Ks sounds very doable. Like, a fresh-legged eight-minute Ks is a fast power walk. But when you're 60 Ks in, and someone's yelling at you to do eight-minute Ks up and over hills and up staircases, the the mental game in that in itself would have been huge. And he did. He, he fired up, and he managed to find – there was 
probably three or four Ks there from Fairlight into Manly where he was running seven minute 30 Ks. Like he managed to pick himself up and he had Reedy was running ahead, filling his bottles up and just again into his ear saying, mate, we've got to keep going. And what was really cool, the strategy put in place, one of the strategies put in place was we rolled through a few, not even planned, this is unplanned support. Like we kind of rolled through a few areas of support to kind of keep him going. And one of the big ones was scalps. There was other runners. He was picking up other runners and, you know, highlighting how far ahead they were and telling him he's got to get them. It must have broke down the rest of the run for him into like 100 meter bits because he was, he was just picking people up. And as much as he wasn't talking, he's like the nod of, you know, yeah, he's heard what we've said. But every time he went past somebody, it must have filled his sails up a little bit more with wind and we were able to pick up some momentum and to the point where Reedy ran ahead and he kind of, the first time he stopped and he's like, am I going to make it? And it was, and it was like, mate, yeah, mate, you're going to make it easy. Like, so I knew the math. And I was like, hang on, I lied to you. You're going to make it, but it's not going to be easy, mate. You need to fucking, you need to have a dig here, eh? Like this, you need to get stubborn with it. You need to get aggressive with it. And you need to have a go. And the noise is coming out of his, out of his mouth. And I've, to be present, I had my hand on his lower back as he was going up hills just to keep him accountable for pace and just kind of give him a little bit of a push up. I could literally, in my hand, feel his back spasming and seizing and, you know, he just kept kept on trucking and it was the most impressive thing and especially for Bustleton, the takeaways I got from watching Bigelow go so deep and dig into parts of his body and his brain that, you know, you have to to do those kind of things was just absolutely surreal and to be able to share that North Head, the part of that run that he was hurting the most and be able to share that with him and, and Reedy is one of my, you know, he's one of my inspirations. I spoke about it in my first, the Ironman doco that I did that he's one of the reasons why when it comes to going big that, I started going big. So to be able to run with Reedy and Bigelow around North Head at sunset was one of those things going to stay with me for a long time. And to be able to use just that visual of seeing somebody suffer so much but yet be able to dig and keep moving forward and keep pushing and keep pushing is something that I'm going to take with me in the bus and I'll take with me for a long time. There's something really special in seeing somebody absolutely bury themselves and it's one of those things that I love events like this and I'm going to move on to the event now. I've been pumping Biggs' tyres up for a long time. He's only just getting started. Those events give you a place that to really hurt, to to have a supported hurt, to go deep. It's one of those cool things that he went 13 hours, 20 minutes of movement across a course that is just absolutely terrible and I really struggled to see. It's one of those things when life gets hard, when work gets hard, when you've got stuff going on, you kind of smile and go, well, this is cute compared to what I've been through. Once you've been through something like an ultra event or an Ironman or you know, even your first little triathlon, it starts to become, put some perspective on suffering where you're like, well, I can suffer for 13 hours, 20 minutes. This eight-hour work shift ain't going to rock me. So, yeah, we're a big fan here at Bottle of Events, the events that allow you to suffer safely. And, and that ultra was absolutely amazing. The support on course, the way it was organized, the volunteers – um, signposting where to go. The whole event was, that's my first time that I've been involved with. We did a little bit of work with uh, Bond Rider Manly Ultra Team before we spoke about it. So how can Bottle It help? And next year we're going bigger and better. I'm in awe. It made an ultra feel like the city to surf. Um, I'm hoping to get the event organiser on and talk to her about just how great of a setup it is because it's one of those things, if you're listening to it now, you've got 12 months to, to start training. Even putting a relay team in, the relay team was a great approach to an ultra event. Like four 20K runners, and, you know, just get out, smash it out, get to Manly. The The finish line was amazing. You get to catch the ferry home. Like, however you do it, definitely put it on one of those must-do. It, it is 
great event. And like I said, I'll unpack that a little bit further down the track and we can figure out like that same thing, being able to support people doing something. It, it lights them up too. I, I've filled my tires up, filled their tires up. I, I just love events like that. Now training, training has been huge. Just the last week has probably been one of the, one of the bigger ones. And I've had, I did have the setback of my TT bikes retired. It's now it's irreparable. So I am stuck with the roadie for Noosa and we're kind of doing some last minute math on how we can move things around to get me on a TT for Bustleton being a flat course. I think a TT is going to be super valuable over there. So Noosa's, I'm happy to do Noosa on a roadie. There is that Garmin Hill, but Busso, I think I'm going to need to be in that tuck for as long as possible. So we are on the hunt for another TT. We've just got to see how, how things line up in the next couple of weeks. But I haven't let it set. It's one of those perspective things. I've got a roadie. I can still do my volume of training. I've got a spin bike downstairs as well too. So I've still been able to turn the legs over. It's not like I'm high and dry without a bike. So I'm still ripping through um, some riding on the legs, which is, you know, great. We've just had to move things around. I've spent some more time on the spin bike than I needed to. Running, my running has gone up. The body's handling it really well, which I think is a full credit to swimming. The swim volume, I've never swum this much in my life. And with all these things, the volume going up in these tour days, so only doing like an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half at night, as opposed to doing like a solid three-hour session, it's giving the body a chance to recover. So it's responding super well and, and full credit to Clint for that program. It, to be on a program and to be able to have training peaks is a, a, a mad buzz when you finish and you get a green tick or the light's up green that you've completed a session. It has made me incredibly hungry and it's that small little detail in getting a green um, a green part of the pie chart instead of a red or a, a yellow it's kept me so accountable we had a had a corporate speaking gig on friday which ate up a fair bit of time but i come home at 6 p.m on a friday night and i still owed a 3.8k swim and i got it done got the wetty on got down to the pool and and done my ironman distance swim leg unstop 3.8 jump in the water and just go for 3.8ks and the sense of accomplishment when i got out of that pool was absolutely huge the buzz from completing a hard week um, and knowing that I had a few, a few, a couple more days to go was just immense. That self pride in being able to tick things off was, was absolutely massive. So the accountability of having a program is something that I'm loving. And it's one of those things we've always maintained. It's also works with your mental health too. If you put yourself in a bit of a strategy, or a bit of a plan with how you're going to tackle things, it makes life so much easier and you can celebrate day by day. So absolutely loving that race week ripping through. Now I'm aware that I'm getting close to my, 20-minute cutoff time or 15-minute cutoff time. I try to keep these short and sweet. Race week, Noosa. I'm usually pretty nervous at race week before Noosa. I've um, done it with the Kids Foundation the last few years. This year, you know, I've got the All Sorts going back up again, which is the riding running club that I'm the co-founder of. I'm responsible for the 40 athletes heading up for the Kids Foundation and then the All Sorts. I, I love that role. It's something that I really enjoy, helping people with their race and their raising of the funds for the Kids Foundation. If I say Kids Foundation one more time. It's a couple of shout-outs for him. Um, but this this time, because of my training plan and because of Bustleton and because that's where my focus is set, whatever happens at Noose is the byproduct of training for Bustleton. And I really like that approach. It's kind of keeping the nerves at bay. And I know the nerves are going to ramp up once I arrive in Noosa, but I've still got to train the next three days, four days before we get up there for that weekend for Bustleton and then race. And then that's it. There's no real... Once we finish Bustleton, there'll be a day a day off maybe or a swim after. And then we start the grind again. That means we've got four weeks to really sharpen sharpen the pencil and, and get ready to go. So I am counting up to Noosa, the triathlon community. This is the event that made me want to go longer. The, the environment 
up at Noosa is insane. If, if I was told I could do one triathlon a year for the rest of my life, it's Noosa. Every day of the week, it's a music festival, a triathlon. It's so fun. Everyone's happy. It's the happiest place in the world this time of the year. After getting through some some cold here in Sydney over the winter, go to Noosa, get warm and fire yourself up for a big summer. Um, so I am pumped. Hopefully, if you are a friend of the show, we're going to do a – there will be – because we are doing it with the All Sorts and the Kids Foundation, most of my time is tied up with – with that group and that organization helping them, but there is bottle it elements happening up at Noosa. So we're going to do a 5k shakeout run with the guys from Fractal who do our amazing running hats. We're going to do that on the Saturday morning. We're doing the ocean swim, which will be done in the floral budgies. And we have a couple of people racing in the floral race suits. Uh, Liam Flanagan, friend of the show will be in the floral. So there will be some bottle it elements up at Noosa. However, it's not going to be as bottle it heavy as some of the other Ironman, Ironman events that we do throughout the year. So we look forward to seeing you guys up there. Um, once again, say good day. Can't wait. Absolutely pumped. So, yeah, hopefully there's some takeaways in that show. It has been very ultra and Bigelow heavy, and, and rightly so. I've picked up so much from that, that event, that race, and how deep he did go in the Hurt Locker that I can't wait to implement a new level of Hurt after you know seeing just how deep you can deep when you, when you have to. So, yeah. That's the takeaways this week. Get around people that are doing hard things and, and support them. And then also in the back of your mind, start aiming up. What can you do that scares you? What can you do to absolutely send it? Three months ago, the idea of running an ultra for Bigsy would have been, and nah, would have been no thank you, not for all the money in the world. And then the marathon was the exact same. It would have been a no thank you. And now he is. He's completed a marathon and an ultra marathon in the space of a couple of months. So... We look forward to seeing just how far he can go and following that journey and documenting that journey. But yeah, we really hope that if you're following on the socials on Instagram or you know wherever you may be checking it out, that it fired you up too, like it's fired me up. So once again, thank you so much. We'll see you in the comments. We'll see you at Noosa. We'll see you next week.